The show is here. Yo, our mission is clear. It's time to change healthcare. Have no fear. Today is the day. This is the hour. Together, you know we've got the power. Drop the silos. We're all the same team. Patients, docs, nurses, tech, and marketing. How can anyone be satisfied with the way things have always been? Yeah, we've tried. So join us now. Join the revolution. Digital health is the evolution. Status quo, more like status, no. Yeah, this is the healthcare rap. Y'all come on, let's go. Welcome to the healthcare rap, where we are ushering in the future of healthcare and the status quo no longer exists where we are challenging assumptions about marketing and technology, and we check yesterday's thinking at the door. Where truth drops like an atom bomb, and knowledge flows like Niagara Falls. Each week we challenge assumptions that have been holding back healthcare marketing, and explain how we can do better. Join us. This is the Healthcare Wrap. Hey to all you out there in the Healthcare Wrap posse. Thanks for hanging with us. My name is Jared Johnson. I'm your host, and this is season two of the Healthcare Wrap. This is episode 53. You can find our full archive of episodes at healthcarewrap.com and hit us up on Twitter at Healthcare Wrap or my personal account, which is Jared Piano. That's at J-A-R-E-D-P-I-A-N-O. Give us feedback on what you liked and what you didn't like, who you'd like to hear from, and what you'd like us to talk about. That's what we're here for. You know, if you're new listening to us, here's what you can do. There's a few ways to engage with us and to join the posse. First one is to listen. The second one is to subscribe. Third is to tell your friends. And the fourth is to leave us a review on iTunes. So we'd love that kind of feedback. Definitely hit us up and let us know what we can do better. You know, one thing we keep hearing about from our listeners is just kind of who is listening and what you should be getting out of this podcast. And we're going to try to emphasize that a little bit more during season two. And so in, in a nutshell, if you want to be a part of what's happening in healthcare, then we hope you'll join us on this program. If you want to accelerate the transformation of healthcare, that usually happens outside the clinic. So we're helping to create this digital consumer experience, not just a patient experience. It usually happens outside the clinic. Most of our healthcare happens not when we are actually talking to a healthcare provider. So if you want to be part of that, we invite you to listen and subscribe to this program and uh, get ready for a great variety of perspectives. We talk to people from all corners of what's happening in healthcare, and today is no different. Today, I'm very excited to welcome our guest. It's somebody I've known for a while, and I'm just excited to finally get him to be on broadcast with us here. It's Chris Hemphill. Chris is the director of Client AI at Symphony RM. Chris, how are you doing today? Pretty well. How are you doing, Jared? I'm doing fabulous. We were talking a little bit earlier about the difference between dry heat and humidity, and so I will, uh, I guess, uh, we'll spare our listeners any further discussion on that. But needless to say, it's that time of year when it's starting to warm up everywhere in all corners of the country, and so uh, one way or the other, uh, glad to have you on the program today. Why don't you tell us a little bit more about what you're doing and how things are going for you these days? Sure, sure. And uh, yeah, just start off with a couple of notes of my background. Uh, strange background to be on here discussing AI, but I actually uh, started out in sales right out of college. So sales for AI-based products within healthcare, as my interest grew and evolved, moved into more of a sales analytics function where we were pulling in all the data that we could to figure out how to have high-quality conversations at scale with health systems across the nation. So that helped me harken back to my time in college leading the, uh, the economics club, you know, enjoying books like Freakonomics. And um, as I was 
moving in that role, I, I just came across more interesting resources on how data science was, was being used in healthcare. And of course, the, the work that the data science team where I was was doing was extremely interesting. So there were books like Everybody Lies by Seth Stevens Davidowitz and a really interesting study that came out by Raj Chetty called Lost Einsteins. What Lost Einsteins means, what they were examining was in underserved communities, if those same people had the same opportunities, were in the same uh, locations as, as people in, in places that had more upward mobility, is the difference between the actual people themselves or the environment that they grew up in. That really resonated with me, seeing that he was able to take tax records and income statements and ultimately identify various factors that actually contribute to people moving up and, and moving to the top 20% economically. So that was extremely interesting. And it was, it was still kind of distanced to me, this, uh, this idea that you could learn and uh, do so much with the human condition from data. The thought was on my mind. I was working in an analytics role and I heard from a, uh, a major podcaster, I believe by the name of Jared Johnson, um, about this program called General Assembly that offered a uh, data science course. That don't necessarily have a background slinging code. I've never coded in Python or anything like that. But I'm just interested in the concept, so I'll, I'll apply. Probably not going to pass or anything like that, but, but see what I learned. Well, during the time of the course, I had the blessing of being in a data-rich environment where I could take the algorithms and concepts and practice with them, answer questions and things like that using the, uh, the newly acquired skills. And ultimately, it, it just became an obsession. Ultimately, ended up now teaching at General Assembly and doing what I do here, which is helping hospitals to assess data products and also helping our uh, product team to assess the viability of data uh, products in the market, uh, see what's marketable, what's useful, and conducting research on things like physician engagement and patient engagement given various scenarios. That's it in a nutshell. You know what? I love just a couple of the points that you mentioned, especially the the lost Einstein's part. And I thought that was that was so fascinating about this whole concept of what we could be missing out on and not even realize it in, in society. I mean, it, it seems like it goes way beyond even just the field we're in today that, that it's just a, something that we have to not only keep an eye on, but do something about. Yeah. To know that we're all humans, we're all born the same, but where we're born has a significant impact. Like I'm in Atlanta, Georgia right now, and the rate of people born in Atlanta in the bottom 20%, moving up to the top uh, top 20% is around, I believe it was uh, 3 to 4%, whereas in other areas, some areas are as high as 11 to 12%. With Canada averages around 11 to 12%, and it's lower across the United States, but there's different pockets, different areas that tend to do better. And that actually goes into the, uh, the differences between those areas, such as presence of certain types of colleges and concentration of uh, wealth in, in, in certain areas or even how close you are to wealthy neighborhoods. One way or the other definitely sounds like it's worth checking out for, for everyone listening. So I, I loved that thought and I loved how it just it, it was part of your background and kind of part of who you are and, and the idea itself. So with that, we're actually going to uh, move into our rap battle because today we have a lot to talk about about AI. Rap battle. Rap battle for those who are new to the program is where we challenge assumptions. We just challenge the way things have been done. We challenge the status quo, particularly in the marketing and tech and business sides of healthcare and kind of where all those are kind of 
conglomerating together these days and, and how that has to do with the transformation going on around us. So today, Chris, uh, you posted a couple of things. Uh, one thing I enjoy is just keeping in touch and seeing what you post about. And a couple of those things recently had to do with AI. One of them was, I would say it just had to do with addressing this kind of myth, this assumption, so this is where it plays into the rap battle, that AI is a distant concern, that artificial intelligence is something that we we have some time to think about. It's way out there in the distance. And so we want to tackle that today. We want to talk about just kind of any thoughts about ethical usage of data as we're talking about that, as it might pertain to marketing and communications campaigns. We want to talk about just really getting beyond the buzzwords of it too. So maybe we start there in terms of AI itself and is that a distant concern? That's a really good way to phrase it up because if we were to go by all the uh, clickbait articles out there that are talk about robot uprisings and things like that, then yeah, I'd, I'd go and buy my uh, robot-proof sel- uh, shelter and uh, get my robot defense weapons and everything like that. But I wouldn't be preparing myself or uh, conditioning myself to the, to the problems and challenges and uh, advantages that we're facing right now. So the passion behind that post, really the thought behind that post was generalized artificial intelligence. That That is a, a distance concern, but let's not be distracted from the different ways that we can use AI to enhance our business decisions and also smartly like not fall into the trap of blindly following data and, have, and having faith in, in data, but really understand how to evaluate these AI products. Because ultimately, as more artificial intelligence software is being developed or as more software uses AI to help with decision-making, then the quality of the survival of businesses and the survival of leaders in those businesses is going to depend on their ability to make high-quality decisions based on AI. So some things that I'd like to share with people just over the course of my career and in my role talking with, with people in healthcare is different ways to ask questions that go beyond accuracy, like what's the false positive rate? What's the true positive rate? Let's focus on the types of variables that we want to optimize for. And also even beyond all the the modeling that goes into artificial intelligence, think about what we're using it for and what we can do. So especially on the healthcare marketing side, being in control of uh, patient engagement at scale, that does give a, uh, a, a tremendous amount of power to, to shape the way that people have a relationship with healthcare. And there's a big opportunity that we can wisely use AI methods to reach out and make sure that's a, a good shaping of the interaction. So what are you seeing these days in terms of where hospitals are, are kind of getting lost in the buzzwords of AI and kind of missing out on, on potential opportunities? I feel like these, these buzzwords, like if you just go just talking to somebody face to face, the buzzwords, putting all these distant concepts and everything like that, make them feel like they're not ready. So organizations will feel like they're not ready to uh, embark on what it takes to, to, to get to building out AI use cases, using predictive analytics to, to identify certain players in the market. And ultimately, you know, if you look at, hey, here, here's exactly where I am today, here, here's where my organization is politically, and here's where we are technologically, yeah, you're not there in terms of uh, being able to take the market and then do segmentation based on clinical data and like figure out how to best reach patients and things like that. So you're definitely not there on day one. Part of it is because the focus on the buzzwords and, and the focus of the, uh, on these uh, super distant use cases, data science was uh, ranked as like the sexiest career of the 21st century by Harvard Business Review. But 
there's not as much conversation as there should be about what makes data science possible. So data engineering, getting the pipe, like uh, connecting to all the systems that a healthcare system may have, typically your, your, your average health, healthcare system might have 18,000 different tables stored in all kinds of different ways that have blips and bloops and pieces of patient information all scattered throughout. And data engineering is the, the concept of the people who are figuring out how to get all the systems to talk to each other and build out usable use cases for the end user, including marketing audiences. So the buzzwords provide this buffer between what people should be focused on and, and what they're actually capable of doing. So if we were to shift the focus from just this blind talk about data science and the possibilities that it brings out and, and focus on what uh, companies can do to, to actually, I mean, a, a lot of organizations, a lot of people in, in certain roles would, would be happy just to have some sort of basic access to the data, even before any analytics or anything like that, just to understand what's going on. So if we were to just get to a point where on the marketing side, people have meaningful access to the data that they need to make decisions. And that's a major step forward. I'm a healthcare marketing leader. You see, I've got so many systems going on, you think I won the lottery. But our materials come from so many sources. When we try to innovate, it only forces me to shake my head. Instead, it's what I dread. It's like I said, I'm always fixing legal and brand and AP, y'all. Come on, can I consolidate? Is there a partner for me? Express Docs takes a load off your shoulders by creating a hub for all your marketing materials that's easy for your clinic managers, service line admins, and others to use. Just imagine a single workflow where all your direct mail postcards, rack cards, posters, business cards, flyers, brochures, patient handbooks, promotional products, and apparel are all in one spot. Well, that's Express Docs. Order today and have it tomorrow for most items. Visit bit.ly slash healthcare wrap three. That's bit.ly slash healthcare wrap and the number three today. Download a case study or request a demo to learn more and receive a free healthcare wrap stainless steel tumbler. That's right. Go to bit.ly slash healthcare wrap three for more about Express Docs. Tell your whole crew. If you're starting with somebody and you're saying like, okay, we're starting at ground zero, like we're starting to square one. Uh, is there a, a normal kind of starting point for hospitals to evaluate how to implement AI? Yes, yes, definitely. So the starting point is where can I move the needle today? It may be such that let's say that you're switching from one EMR to another and IT resources are completely backed up. So you have no access based on their backlog and everything like that. Yeah, uh, see you in three years if you, want, uh, if you want access to this data. Okay, so we have to exist within the, the political uh, and social reality that we have. So one area that a uh, marketer could start with is taking the data that's been collected in the multiple marketing technology systems and working with that to build basic propensity models, heuristics to identify what patients are most likely to be relevant to what campaign or most likely to respond or, or, or have the greatest need. So as a baseline, building out those heuristics based on the data that's available or based on best case of studies from things like PubMed, that's at, at least a very ground level way I mean, we're, we're that's before machine learning, but it's at least getting the data into, like getting the data that you can collect into one place and starting to uh, make decisions from that. So, who would you typically be engaging with at a health system or a healthcare organization? Is it 
marketing? Is it pop health or like, is there, is there a typical person or is it kind of vary each time? I think you mentioned a couple of them. They're pretty common. So on the marketing side, pop health side and uh, strategy side tend to be where the conversations are, including also the operations side with things like call centers. Yeah, that does. That makes a lot of sense. I think one of the other ideas that you've thrown out there recently with a couple of your posts, you were alluding to it earlier. It just has to do with kind of the proper usage of data and kind of some beginning thoughts of ethics around AI, because you mentioned that there are some things and you know, we need to be thinking far out there in the future, but then kind of starting where we are now, this isn't just some nebulous thing out there. Like there are really some ethical questions to think about. I was wondering if you could speak to that a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's really uh, unpack that because one challenge that exists with machine learning, and let's just go, go over kind of a definition on, on what that is. When we're speaking about artificial intelligence and machine learning, what we're doing is we're looking at whatever behavioral patterns you're you're bringing to the table. So we want to go in and identify what patients have done based on various conditions that they have or based on various demographic characteristics or seminars or things like that they've attended. The best way to think about it is uh, like if you're looking at a spreadsheet and you start getting beyond like 10 or 12 columns to start making decisions on how we should engage or how we should be targeting this patient or working with them, that just goes to a, a realm where we can't take all that information and see how those different things relate to each other. So we can throw all the heuristics at it that we want and do all the uh, analysis that we can in Excel, but we're competing against algorithms and uh, methods of taking hundreds and hundreds of attributes and uh, finding out how to make the best decisions based on that. So what we're really talking about is a system that looks at historical data that comes in and uh, makes inferences from that data on uh, how to proceed and how to engage patients. The problem is that it's looking at historical data. So people say the data never lies and all that, but really, if the data is not aligning the way that you got the data possibly is lying. If we're thinking about the data that we're pulling in, it's coming from people who at some point had a particular condition and they went to the hospital and in a lot of times they had the means to pay for and finance the visit. Um, and they, you know, they had a, a bunch of different characteristics. Like, yes, they came in for a, vi- uh, for a visit. So we want to uh, model our, our, create a lookalike audience based on them. But there's all kinds of other factors that we might be missing out on when we're just focusing on the data that we have available. So the opportunity that we have with machine learning and, and not creating these, these feedback loops that are repeatedly and over and over again targeting the same types of people with the same types of insurance in the same socioeconomic background is to, as we collect this data, try to understand what data we might be missing out on. A fun analogy that I like to throw out that I actually heard in my training in analytics is in World War II, the British would evaluate their planes and evaluate where to put armor on their planes by looking at the planes that came back and looking at the bullet holes were. So they would fortify the places where the bullet holes were. What do you think was wrong with that strategy? I think I'll let you uh, share that with us. Sure. <laughs> okay. A couple things. <laughs> but. Yeah, yeah. So if you're looking at the planes that came back and uh, looking at where the bullet holes and, and fortifying those areas, you're missing out on the ones that, that never made it back. So those are the ones that actually had the serious damage, but you never got to evaluate them. You never got to put them into your model. So it not only involved like machine learning 
is I mean, it's a very involved process. There's a, there's a lot of hands-on work that goes into it, into developing models and then retuning the uh, retuning those models. And it has to be on more than just the data that makes it into the EMR. That's nice. Well, I think that's a good analogy for it. And I was being a little facetious. <laughs> I wanted listeners to be able to understand where you're going with that. I feel like there's so much, again, there's so much more to unpack about it. But I think when we kind of come back to that, that just comes back to the first idea of for marketers, for communicators, for strategic planning, for operations to really understand, like, first and foremost, I just feel like, you know, let's not be scared of this. Not, let's not leave this to somebody else to understand what the impact and the potential is for our business because it's very much the core of our business, not just now, but, but moving forward. So I'm just glad to go that direction with you because I think there's so much to learn. Thank you. And with that, folks, we're going to move into our shout out because I definitely want to give Chris a chance to do this. Shout out. Our shout out is where we, it's really just what it says. It's what you'd expect. It's just giving a praise where praise is due, just honoring or recognizing an idea, a thought, a person. It could be a food. But just something that has has really caused us to think differently or just something that we want to recognize. A quick one, if you'd like, if if that's good, and then uh, Chris will give you a chance to give yours too. My shout out today just goes out to an organization that many of you know, eHealthcare Strategy and Trends. It's just a a great publication. It's one that I've been involved with. I'm actually on uh, their editorial advisory board. And one thing that has allowed me to do is to see how much effort goes into engaging in the right conversations about the right topics that are ultimately helping our field move forward. And I think that that cannot be understated or underappreciated. Like, like we we don't recognize that enough, the importance of talking about the right things. And that's often where the types of topics and guests that, that come on this program, uh, a lot of times they have started by reading something in e-healthcare strategy and trends. And so just wanted to recognize Matt Humphrey and Jane Brubaker for putting together this publication and, and keeping it going for as long as they have. So just want to give a shout out there. And uh, Chris, uh, and I know you had one as well you wanted to throw out there. Sure. First one I want to do is, is this really fascinating book that just came out by Dr. Eric Topol. It's called Deep Medicine. And if you're in healthcare, this is exactly the book to, to be reading to understand how to evaluate artificial intelligence, how to evaluate, evaluate AI platforms from a healthcare perspective, and really get a, a wide understanding of, of the various things that they're doing today, not in some distant future. So that, that's, that was a really exciting book. And there's a couple of YouTube channels that I want to give some strong shout outs to as well. First one is called Two Minute Papers. It's taking the latest research in AI, like the latest complex papers with the formulas and everything like that. And it's making really fun and engaging videos that get you to understand like how these AIs are generating images or generating sound or playing games and things like that. If you want to know what's on the leading edge of, uh, of AI today, what's happening right now, Two Minute Papers makes it really fun and exciting to just go on YouTube and subscribe to that channel. The other one is uh, something that really helped me in my learning. Uh, his name is Siraj Raval. He is constantly putting out videos. He, he probably has more AI content, AI video content than any human on the planet. And if you want to go a little bit deeper and start working on these things and working on projects yourself, it is awesome to follow uh, Siraj's videos because he always links to his code and has code alongs in the video. So two-minute papers gives you the kind of uh, high level, here's what's going on. 
and Siraj Rebel is kind of telling you how to do it. Nice. Great. All great resources. Can't wait. And I likewise, the Dr. Topal's book, his last one, The Patient Will See You Now, was, was a game changer for me. And uh, this one is no different as I'm starting to make my way through it as well. It's, it's fascinating and, and it truly is the future of everything. So fantastic. Excellent. Well, Chris, you know, lest we give listeners too much awesome in one day, we're going to wrap up and uh, I, I want to give listeners a chance to, if they want to get a hold of you, what's the easiest way for them to connect with you? LinkedIn is really easy to get to me. You're kind of like the Chris Hemphill on LinkedIn. <laughs> people can find you. Yeah, if you Google me, then you'll find uh, some football players. And sadly, I wasn't blessed in that talent. So uh, just go straight to LinkedIn, please. So I'll be embarrassed if you think that I can play football. Oh, well, likewise for me, like there, if, if you Google my name, there used to be, I guess, some contestant on a singing contest, like uh, the Singing Bee or something. It was years ago. <laughs> but somebody at one point, I remember like, I, got, I literally got a letter in the mail once. And like, oh, you, you know, you and your singing. And I'm like, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> That doesn't help, you know, the last name doesn't help either, so. See, that's why it's Jared Piano and not Jared Singh. One of the many reasons. <laughs> indeed, indeed. Uh, but Chris, it's been a pleasure to have you on the program. Uh, thanks for tuning in. For those of you who are listening again, thanks for, for tuning in. I hope you'll join the podcast. Uh, hope, we hope you'll join the posse. Uh, listen up, subscribe, tell your friends, leave a review if you have a chance. This is just a, a passion. This is a lot of fun for us. So we just hope you really uh, enjoy everything here and that you'll let us know how we can improve. Healthcare Wrap is an Ulterra digital production and a member of the podcast.healthcare network. So on behalf of my normal co-host, Peter Balistrieri and Chris and myself, keep marketing forward. Thanks. And that's a wrap. <laughs>